0: Time for the Talking Tide Podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodred of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. Joined, as always, by Travis Ryer, the senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. The Talking Tide Podcast, available to you at our web host at Megaphone.com. You can get it on any podcasting app you prefer as well, Apple Podcasts and all the like. Catch us on YouTube and Facebook, live streaming and video replays, in both of those places. And of course, the Twitter feed for Talking Tide is at Talking underscore Tide. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter and you'll get links to our podcast twice weekly in the football season uh, immediately. As soon as those pods drop, we go to it on Twitter. I want to thank quickly a couple of sponsors North River Dental Associates, Peterbrook Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, and DraftKings. We'll tell you about those sponsors. A little later in the program, but here on a Sunday nighter, Travis, we break down Alabama's home win over Tennessee, the final score fifty-two to twenty-four. And if you just looked at the box score and you didn't see the game, or even if you just saw the final score, people more than likely Travis shrugged their shoulders and thought another route. And and sure enough, Alabama covered a, a twenty-four point spread, which I didn't think they would do. Uh, so, in the end, definitely a blowout margin. However, despite the uh, what the final scoreboard reads, the red flags for this Alabama team continue to blow stiff and fly high, do they not?
1: They do. I mean, take a pick, really, from just about any angle you want. Uh, fumbling inside the Tennessee 10 like Jamison Williams did, that's not a good thing offensively. Special teams had a couple of breakdowns between a roughing the punter penalty on a fourth and 23, and then gave up a blocked punt early in the third quarter. Alabama did everything it could, and you got to give Tennessee credit. Tennessee made some things happen, made a good bit of things happen. And I think there's also, we talk about flags and signs and things like that. I think if you're a Tennessee fan. You said it. It was a 28-point Alabama win, but you probably felt better about that Alabama win in this long streak that the Crimson Tide has over Tennessee than you felt about just about all the rest of the losses uh, when you look at them in their totality. So, no, Alabama, we'll talk about it, I know, as we go throughout the podcast, uh, really in every phase of the game made some critical, critical mistakes that if you talk about big picture goals and things like that, they don't tend to lead themselves, uh, lend themselves to uh, success in those areas. Uh, you're right. We'll, we'll start out
0: taking a look at Alabama's offense for the game and Uh, they rang up over 500 yards, of total offense, and and a ton of points. And so you start with that, right? You start with the obvious. They moved the ball. They scored a ton of points. It was more than enough to win. Uh, Alabama played really well on that side of the ball for much of the game. But, dot, 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 Travis, however, uh, as you said, a couple of drops. There was a big drop by uh, Jaleel Billingsley. There was a drop by... Jamison Williams early in the game. I thought Alabama got away from the running game in the third quarter, and when we saw Alabama's offense uh, bogged down a little bit, it was it was there in that third quarter where it seemed to me like they were almost trying to play more of a Mac Jones offense and just sit in the pocket and look deep and and look for um, stuff you know between the hashes between the numbers. For my money, I think you run the ball. You run waggle off of that. You keep things simple, and you're going to move the ball. I, I haven't seen Alabama struggle um, when they stick to the simple stuff offensively all season long. Uh, but where they get in trouble here and there offensively, I think is is when they're when they're trying to sit in the pocket and throw the intermediate to deeper routes. Sometimes Bryce Young will hold it too long, as we saw. Um, he'll take an ill-advised sack here or there uh but you know for the most part i i, I thought i thought they played exceptionally well but that third quarter is where I, I started thinking you know what just just hand the ball to robinson a little bit more right here
1: yeah it seems like they still get a little impatient at times um you thought maybe after the old miss game they had a little bit more of a recipe. For who they were, uh, with some bigger sets and more of that approach that you're talking about, and we say that Brian Robinson still ends up with his third 100-yard rushing performance in the last four games, but it's the stretches of sort of identif- identityless football, I guess we could say. Um, you know, not to say that Bryce Young hasn't been a big part of the identity of this team. Because he absolutely has. I mean, throws for 371 on Saturday night. Um, But in in terms of how they're built, yeah, as a football team, I don't know if that always best suits them. And I start with that offensive line. If you put that offensive line, this offensive line, not last year's offensive line, this offensive line in a situation where you're going to throw it 40-plus times, uh, even if you do run 92 plays like they were able to do in the game Saturday night, you're probably going to have some protection issues and that showed up from time to time. But you know, I tell you what's good though. If you are going to throw it around chase, you can get John Mechie going for these 100 yard games. Like he's done each of the last two weeks to go along with Jamison Williams. And now you can justify, I think more of that. If both those guys are going to give you those kind of performances. Yeah, Mechie's definitely
0: come on the last couple of weeks, had a couple of really nice catches and runs uh, against the Vols. There's there's no doubt about it. He He's kind of come alive here lately. And, and you know, Jamison Williams, uh, I, he's had a couple of games where he's caught a whole lot of balls, but there's been a more more often than not, Williams is, is going to give you that explosion maybe on two catches, right, or three catches. Mechie, I think he might, by the end of this season, be the more reliable guy. Uh, to go to just getting the sticks moved um and and playing in traffic so uh it definitely big for for alabama to, to get uh john Mechie involved a little bit more a uh, couple other thoughts brian robinson travis from from what i'm seeing is really improved in the area of patience and vision right i mean if you think back to uh early in his career when he was Uh, seeing some backup action behind Najee Harris. He had a lot of strength. He had a lot of power, not so much patience. He would just hit whatever he saw. Uh, Now we're starting to see him hesitate a little bit, stutter step, let the blocks kind of set up for him. And it's working well for him. he's, He's breaking tackles. He's not a super fast guy. And typically when you talk about guys who like to settle in behind blocks and wait for a crease, it's a super fast guy, right? Who, who's looking to hit the home run? That's not who Robinson is. He's he's a power runner, uh, but f- from what I'm seeing, he's he's helping himself a lot with uh, the patience and the vision that he's been showing of late, especially against Tennessee.
1: Well, I think five years into this, he knows exactly who he is as a back. You know, probably his first or second year, you maybe saw him try to bounce things from time to time. Fresh from high school, fresh from Hillcrest, when. He was going against Northridge. He was going against Macadory, Bessemer right. City, You know, high school teams that he could pretty much run any way he wanted to at that level. Well, at this level, as you said, he's not a speed guy. He's not a home run guy. His longest run in the game Saturday night was 15 yards, and that was on one of his three touchdown runs in the game. So Bryce Young actually had the longest run by an Alabama player with 16 yards uh, in the game. So, no, you're right. I, I think as much as anything, it's a maturity thing with Brian Robinson. He's at a point where he's okay with the back that he is. And he also, you talk about maturity, physicality becomes a big part of maturity for backs when they're five years into it. And so a couple of his touchdown runs, the 15 yarder, and I want to say, what was it? An eight yarder he had, and you saw him step through two, three would be tacklers, either break tackles or just sort of walk through tacklers. Um, no, he's he's very comfortable, and there's something to be said also in knowing that you're the guy, and he knows he's going to get 20 plus carries per game, especially with the way that rotation set up right now.
0: Final note on the offensive side of the ball, Travis can't go without addressing it. Uh, we keep things real here on Talking Tide. That ball, that young, that. Bryce Young scramble for the touchdown that got upheld. He lost that thing before it went over the goal
1: line. I'm sorry, but he recovered it though, right? Well, I, th- I think that's what they said. They said he recovered his own fumble.
0: That I didn't. That the TV
1: yeah. broadcast didn't. even No, give that's you that. where you got screwed by right. TV.
0: Yeah, I don't. They didn't think even Matt tell McElroy you
1: that. And the and the play by play guy ever got around to that. But even right. if you look, if you look on the play log in the uh, stat broadcaster in the box. Um, you'll see where it's, it says Bryce Young lost fumble, uh, fumble, Bryce Young recovered fumble. So right, that's something I don't think ESPN conveyed all that well on the broadcast. Fooled me anyway, but. Uh... <laughs> no, he did. I don't think, I didn't think there, you know, once they really stopped it frame by frame, it looked like the ball was coming loose just before he hit the goal line. But, um, and I don't think maybe the officials conveyed it all that well, to be fair to ESPN either, but. Uh, I think that's sort of what got lost, and also you had Heupel going nuts over on the Tennessee sideline, so they're cutting to that. There was a lot of stuff going on at that time.
0: Speaking of scrambles, Bryce Young maybe had his best day, or at least his most effective and efficient day running the ball, tucking it where he needed to. We saw him make a couple moves on guys, almost a little bit Jalen Hurts-like with a couple of those first down runs uh a, an aspect of his game that seems to be developing in a positive way kind of knew he was that kind of athlete all along he's also a guy that prefers to sit in the pocket and throw we've talked about that as well uh but there were some there were some runs by young throughout the game that were big for Alabama when the game was tight
1: yeah i mean alabama converts 15 to 23rds and so when we talk about a style or an identity for this alabama offense keeping it in Bryce Young's hands certainly works a good bit. That's not – we're not saying that isn't the case because he was magnificent again on third downs throwing it. He averaged over 21 yards per completion on third down Saturday night. And then, as you said, he converted four thirds with his legs, and two of those ended up going for touchdowns. So, you're right. He showed he can certainly do that as, as sort of the undersized quarterback. I think Nick Saban and Bill O'Brien probably want him to be – um, he want, they want him to budget wisely when it comes right. to those opportunities and to make sure he takes care of himself physically. But no, there's no doubt you get this guy in the open field. He's, he's a problem for inside linebackers and safeties. Won't be any 30 carry games for Bryce no,
0: no. Young. Like we saw with Matt Corral it, last week
1: at home. You heard Nick post game last night. We don't really have any designed runs for Bryce. <laughs> yeah. So this ain't Jalen Hurts. Defensively for Alabama, another big night for Will Anderson,
0: sack and a half for him. I thought the front overall played pretty darn well, Travis. The back end, a different story. Obviously, a couple of busts in coverage. Had another deep ball completed over Josh Job's head where he just was late get recognized on what the call was and Tennessee was going fast and quick
1: snapped him. Yeah,
0: ran right by him before he even knew what the, what the coverage was, I guess. But, you know, and, and I thought McElroy, speaking of the broadcast did a pretty good job, uh, breaking down a couple of the issues Alabama had where they were playing outside leverage with corners and the routes were in breaking and there wasn't a
1: safety there to help. Yeah. It's uh, pretty simple. It seemed to be, but uh between Alabama safeties and sub package personnel, uh, they struggled early and then Job had the issue later in the game. So, you know, you even saw an in-game substitution with DeMarco Ellis coming on for, for Daniel Wright at that safety spot opposite Jordan Battle. So they're still trying to still trying to figure some things out right up the middle in the middle of the field. I think Jalen Armor Davis Josh Job, even with Job giving up the explosive Saturday night, Jalen Armour Davis has an interception, which was nice because that was the only play in which an Alabama defensive back got a hand on a football all night. Didn't have a pass breakup in the game. So, and give and Hooker a lot of credit. We talked about it late last week in the preview. This is a guy, an SEC play came in with nine touchdown passes, no interceptions. He throws three more in the game Saturday night. He finally gets picked off an SEC play. Uh, by Armour Davis, but you said it. Just too many breakdowns, too many explosive plays. Uh, Third, second time in the last three games that Alabama's allowed more than nine yards per pass attempt uh, with this one coming against Tennessee. I thought Hendon Hooker was impressive. That said,
0: I, I don't think Alabama gave him everything. He made some nice throws. He's an athletic kid. I, I thought he was excellent for Tennessee. He's he looks to me like a guy who Josh Hypel could, could hopefully build around a little bit.
1: Yeah, uh, he, he's perfect for what they do, you know, with what they want out of the quarterback. You know, I talked about it last week. I, I wonder what Kellen Mond would have done in an offense like that. But Hooker is, you know, w- when you found out Saturday night, and we talked about this last week, two different lines for the game. It, I guess it wouldn't have mattered. Um, Alabama would have covered either of the lines, but. You know, it's a touchdown game going into the fourth quarter. So, as you said early on, so well the score doesn't always tell uh, truths uh, in terms of time and in certain areas of the game. Uh, and that was definitely okay. I mean, Alabama scored 28 fourth quarter points. You know, and that 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 skewed things a good bit. Secondary communication,
0: though, probably the best way to sum up what needs to happen in practice this week from an improvement standpoint. Nick Saban did mention in the post game that the that the primary halftime adjustment back there was to go to more split safety coverage, uh, which I guess made some sense uh, given what happened in the first half. And you know, I thought they gave up some plays in the in the second half too, but uh, the first half was was definitely the bigger issue. Well,
1: here was the thing, and you talked about this earlier. The front seven I thought was really good when you consider Tennessee came in averaging. Right around 250 rushing yards per game and to hold Tennessee to 64. And I thought, you know, Alabama, we outlined this possibility last week, too, might go a little bigger in its nickel package on early downs. And that's what you saw with LeBron Ray on the field to go along with a couple other defensive linemen and Will Anderson in that nickel front you know, so much here in the last couple of years, they've gone with two outside linebackers and two defensive linemen, even on early downs Mm -hmm. uh, in that nickel. Well, it was sort of a throwback nickel for Alabama. So that was interesting to note. And, you know, LeBron Ray had his first full tackle for loss in the game Saturday night chase since September, 2019, Mm. more than two years. And it tells you again, what he's dealt with from an injury perspective, but, Sort of lost in the play of the back end was that, as you said earlier, and we just talked about, I thought, you know, the Alabama defensive line did get a lot of heat on Hendon Hooker. That's not really who those guys are. Uh, Fadarian Mathis had a sack there, I think, in the second half. So that was good to see. But the primary objective was still to minimize um Jabari Small and Tyon Evans and Hooker in that zone read and that veer sort of run game and they did a really good job of that. Took care of that part of the, of it no question about it. Uh the pump block which
0: you brought up earlier in the podcast by Braswell coming at an awful time of course. I'll say this, if Braswell has to run 6 a.m. laps for that or something <laughs> Travis then Roydell Williams ought to be right there with him because if if it, the way I want oh, to play, if yeah. Braswell hadn't have roughed him, Roydell would have roughed him. There were three guys there that might have roughed him. Yeah. It was not pretty.
1: It wasn't good. It wasn't good. Um, and look, you understand guys are trying to make plays, but to hear Saban talk about it, I mean, maybe they were in a punt uh, punt rush, a, a come and get it sort of scenario, but um, wow. Uh, you know they work on that. You don't you go for the the ball, where the ball's going to be off the punter's foot. Um, and then to have a punt blocked, and you got one guy that splits your two personal protectors in Cameron Latou and Henry Toa Toa on a rugby punt. And Nick, you know Nick already doesn't like that rugby crap. You know, now he gets one blocked. And, right. uh, you know, it a couple other punts did a good job. But, yeah, those are the type of plays that, you know, if you start thinking ahead that potentially Georgia – at some point down the line, you can't overcome two, three, four of those. One is going to be tough if you get to that spot, two, three, or four of what we saw from Alabama. And again, every phase of the game, that's, that's going to be a lot.
0: a Tide podcast on the pigskin podcast network moving forward. Now we're going to tell you uh, about a couple of sponsors for the program. We're going to start with North River Dental Associates. Former Alabama linebacker Jack Smalley can tackle every sort of dental need you and your family might have. Well-trained staff of dental hygienists there. They can handle porcelain veneers, cosmetic dentistry, pediatric dentistry, endodontics, laser dentistry, dentures. They do it all. The always popular teeth whitening services available to you at North River Dental as well. And of course, they're also doing Botox and Juvederm treatments over at North River Dental. Give them a call at 752-3506. They're going to have you in and out in less than an hour with a routine cleaning, typically, and they just do a fantastic job. Also, see them online at
1: northriverdentist.com. I'm going to tell you about Peter Brook Chocolatier, also in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. You know what happened after we talked about those uh, those chocolate cigars heading into the Tennessee game? There at Peterbrook Chocolatier, Chase, they sold out. Every one of those chocolate cigars that were ready at Peterbrook Chocolatier were gone by game time Saturday night. So certainly a big thanks to the uh, folks that made Peterbrook Chocolatier their destination of choice for their pregame treats. And, of course, you got Halloween. I mean, we're going into Halloween week. And what does Halloween week mean? It means those caramel apples at Peterbrook that are that are coated in that homemade caramel and then dipped in either white dark or milk chocolate you can get some uh you can get some accessories on those you can pimp out those uh caramel chocolate dipped apples at Peterbrook get some maybe almonds some almonds maybe some graham cracker crust on the outside
0: mm. it's
1: a perfect week for a caramel chocolate dipped apple from Peterbrook chocolates here
0: The best chocolate in Tuscaloosa, bar none, over there at Peterbrook. All right, finally, going to tell you about DraftKings, our corporate sponsor. Hey, if you're an NFL fan, get the DraftKings Sportsbook app. DraftKings, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. They've got you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 and free bets thereafter. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It is that simple. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code you see right there if you're following us on YouTube, TPPN, that's the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. That's your promo code to join. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. Win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win. With promo code TPPN this week, at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL, and Travis, good, Brad.
1: Let me that- let me ask you this real quick. Yeah. What about what about the boys who had the over in Penn State Illinois? Uh, nine or 10, huh? Huh? <laughs> you think the man, you know, they, they went to the man, look, we didn't know they changed the rule where it only counts two points. We, we thought yeah. it was. You know, I, yeah, know. but you know no what? For,
0: for what, for what got scored in regulation, they deserve to lose if they had the over well, anyway, Well, even right? in
1: overtime, even if they would have counted them as six in extra points, I mean, neither one of those teams could get in the end zone from three yards. So how are they going to score points from? The 25, you know, so how about this go. comment
0: coming in, Travis? From uh, one of there's our there's a blast from the viewers, past, Sam yeah. Matthews, former Alabama defensive lineman, checking in with us,
1: and big Sam <laughs> from the mid 90s. Yeah, that's my guy right there. There you have it. Look, Thanks, look. Sam. We appreciate it, but yeah, look. you know, the. the, the the, the man that the man when there's rule changes like that too, he doesn't always let you know about those changes, you know. No. So you go in, you're going into that overtime thing, and I got the over, you know. This thing goes four or five overtime. No, 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 no. no.
0: It's a different game now with, yeah. the, with that two uh, point rule. There's no doubt about man it. Man just yeah. shrugs
1: his shoulders, you know, when you come to him with that. The dog he ate my homework. Yeah, you know, he just shrugged.
0: <laughs> they- They pay for a lot of neon out there in Las Vegas. (laughs) Never turn the lights out. You ever notice
1: that? The lights stay
0: on out there four hours a day. They got the generators if they need them (laughs) out there. All right. We bounce around the Southeastern Conference for you now, like we always do. Travis, not a whole lot to get into around the league this week. Ole Miss 31, LSU 17. That's probably the one we'll focus on. Of course, that was the. Uh, three thirty Eastern, two thirty Central. CBS game, kind of the uh, the marquee game, if you will. Not that LSU deserved marquee billing for the for the year that they've had, and they come up pretty short in this one. Ole Miss, uh, really buried them. I I, I think LSU might have popped a touchdown late with with Garrett Nussmeyer getting a little bit of yeah. action. Uh, but Doug's, uh, this, Doug's son. This, yeah, that's right. But
1: uh, but this was Ole Miss's game from the jump. Well, and it was pretty simple, or at least if you just want to look at it from a simplistic viewpoint, don't allow Ty Davis price to rush for 270 plus yards. And guess what? You got a good chance of winning. And so poor Florida fans, Florida's off this weekend, but they've got to sit and watch the Ole Miss defense do something against Ty Davis price. That yeah. they couldn't do the previous week. So, um, it started well for LSU. Pretty good start to the game for LSU, but, uh, give DJ Durkin, defensive coordinator for Ole Miss, and that defense again for really a second straight week kind of bailed out the, uh, the Rebels. Matt Corral playing uh, less than 100%. So, not the type of numbers you come to expect from him, but, uh, pretty good day to be a Rebel with Eli Manning being honored with his, uh, his ceremony there in Oxford. So uh, uh I know Ole Miss people, they n- they never get tired of beating LSU. Manning painted in the end zones in How about Oxford that for that one. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. But yeah, Put that uh, one th- under things you'll never see at Alabama. <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> no question. Yeah, Ole Miss running game really I thought gashed LSU around the edges too, Travis, especially mm-hmm. in the first half. LSU just could not set an edge defensively. And so it was a day where – Matt Corral didn't have to be Superman.
1: You know uh, where else it doesn't hurt to have Manning in the end zones on Saturday because Otch, little Otch, was in attendance. The five-star quarterback, Cuppa's, Cuppa's boy in that 2023 class. So not a bad day to have Manning anywhere you could have it there in uh, at the vault. We're gonna guess here that that's no accident. <laughs> yeah March in attendance
0: uh-huh. uh big uh big wins for the west over the east travis three and oh against the east head to head not only does alabama beat tennessee uh in fairly convincing fashion but mississippi state routes vanderbilt texas a&m routes south carolina neither one of those two games close uh west seems to be the best once again i think at least at this point in the
1: year that's that's plain enough to me yeah, I mean, once you get past Georgia in the East right now, um, you've got Ole Miss playing really good football. You've got Texas A&M playing better football. If you're an Alabama fan, you're loving that with Ole Miss and A&M. Um, first of all, because Ole Miss is your best win to date right now, and a and M's your long loss. So you want A&M uh, to, to win out as best it can, although I guess we're still going to have A&M and Ole Miss play. So one of those is is going to get a loss in that head-to-head. So – yeah, um, you know, top to bottom, you know, LSU beat Florida two Saturdays ago, as we know. So it, it's, it's been more of that of late for sure. It's going to wrap
0: things up here on the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. For Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. Be sure to join us midweek when we reconvene right here on Talking Tide.